Where are you really from? Where are you really? All right, so today I'll be talking to Sarah Bernadette Matsushima. So Sarah Bernadette is currently a second year master's at the New England Conservatory, studying at the Contemporary Improvisation Program. She received her bachelor's from the Berklee College of Music in May 2018 with a dual degree in songwriting and vocal performance. Her original music, which can be described as R&B, jazz-influenced pop, can be found on Spotify, Apple Music, and all other major streaming services. She's a pleasure to work with, as I know from my experience working with her in class, and I am so excited to speak about her new EP, In Slash Process. So Sarah, it's so, so great having you here. And thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. This here is Sarah Bernadette Matsushima. And I actually met her earlier this year, completely virtually, unfortunately, but hopefully not for the future. And um, we actually coordinated for our jazz history and race course together. And I just loved her creative energy and all the spirit that she brings even to like the quickest of projects. So I was just so excited to hear that she had an EP coming out and we're going to just speak about that a little bit and also just about her artistic process in general. So yeah, thanks, thanks for having me. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Great. So this is actually a question I heard on an earlier podcast that I was listening to. And I just thought it was the coolest question. It might be a little overwhelming to open up the to open up the night, but um, could you describe your word and your voice in three words? Yeah. Um, hmm. I would say um, blunt in terms of my delivery um expressive and maybe those go hand in hand but whatever um and also um varied because I have a lot of different timbres that I can do incredible great yeah that's definitely what you need when you're bringing out all these (laughs) different tracks and especially for your EP I just feel like it covers such a broad range so absolutely great awesome so just going back to the EP really quickly, you have a long list of collaborators and that includes studio production, the background vocals, your rhythm sections, and a solo violist, which I personally is my personal favorite. Um, how did you find these collaborators over your artistic journey and how did you reach out to them during the COVID epidemic for this project? Yeah, um, so most of them were people um, who I was friends with who I met uh, through Berkeley. Um, so like the person who like did the most work other than like, I mean, me, I guess, um, was the producer, Stuart Mitchell. Um, he's a really good friend of mine. We went to Berkeley together. Um, and he did all the production and engineering and stuff. Um, the person who mastered it is a friend of his, um, Claude Garot. Um, and I think it's how you say his last name, I'm not sure, but he mastered it. Um, and we kind of know each other. Um, the person who sang on my song, Where Are You Really From? Um, she's a, also a half Asian artist, um, Jenny Rudolph. She's really awesome. She also is a friend of Stuart's, um, but I kind of like sort of knew of her and I really wanted to have like another half Asian or at least like mixed race person work on it. Um, and then what else? The violist is a good friend of mine. Uh, his name is Devin Duart. Um, he went to Boko. Um, I actually met him through working at a cafe together, um, but he's really great. Um, and he's like 
one of my boyfriend's closest friends. Um, and then who else? We had a percussionist on um, Where Do They Go? And that was my friend Henry Godfrey, who just finished his, mas- his master's in jazz comp um, at NEC actually last year. Um, and, I, and I met him at Berkeley, but then we both went to NEC. <laughs> um, and then uh, the only person who I don't know personally was um, Matt in class. She did the drums for Haunted Heart and um, uh, Where Are You Really From? And she was someone who Stuart, my producer, knew because she plays, and actually the person who mastered his band like they played in a band together so a lot of it was just people I already knew um and basically everyone I like it was just texting and I was like hey um and I think it's really I mean not only is it just like more fun to work with people that you like to work with because I feel really blessed that I have a lot of friends who are like you know not only good friends but also like talented people who I really would want to work with musically um, cause sometimes people are talented, but you don't, you know, get along well or whatever, but it's really nice when you have both. Um, yeah. So it's also really nice to be able to give your friends gigs. Um, you know, we all need gigs right now. And so I was really happy to be able to give my friends, uh, you know, even if it's just a small studio gig. So yeah, I hope that answers your question. That was kind of long winded. Yeah, no, I mean, I asked such an open-ended question. That was great. Yeah, no, I also just love hearing about, the integrative Boston scene, especially amongst all these colleges. I mean, you have so many, so many different colleges represented here. Um, and it really just seems like Boston's such a collaborative sphere for this type of work where you can really just reach out to people and bridge all these gaps. Um, so great. Yeah. Hopefully when things go back to normal, you can actually play together and have gigs yeah, outside of the studio. <laughs> that would be really nice. Um, and actually I should mention, although I met most of these people in Boston, only like, one of them is still in Boston other than me. So every, so, and this was all recorded remotely. Um, so all of my vocals were in either my bedroom here or my bedroom in my old apartment because I moved in August. Wow. So um, all the vocals were produced on this microphone that this one right here, <laughs> well, all of my vocals. I mean, cause the background vocals for Where You Really From, uh, she did those separately. And I believe she lives in California. California as well I have to check that uh but like Stuart is in California as well he moved to LA um this summer and I don't even know where Madden lives <laughs> I've never met her <laughs> um and I guess I guess Claude still lives in uh Boston but yeah uh, a lot of this was like really remote and so I was never in the same room as anyone when I was recording this yeah, what I lo- really love about that then is you you weren't hindered by proximity. You could really choose whoever you wanted to work with, yeah. no matter how near or far. So that's totally. great. Yeah, and actually, I mean, it's just incredible that you were able to bridge such distance and create such proximity in the musical space. Like, that's just, I mean, that that's good mastering, good <laughs> studio engineering <laughs> there. But um, great. And actually, I mean, I know I'm jumping a little forward, but I actually heard something that I heard throughout all of your EP tracks is that your voice seemed to have the same type of closeness And I'm really surprised to hear that you recorded in two different spaces. Which of your tracks did you record in the different apartments? Um, Let me think. Actually, huh. I might have actually done all of the vocals here, now that I think about it. I think that I didn't record the lead vocals until I got here. 
Um, But I wrote the song, a lot of the songs. I did the first demo of 26 in my apartment, my old apartment. But I think all of the like final vocals were in here. So that's my bad. No, no worries at all. Confusing times. It it really is. I forget where I am half the time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like different city every time I wake up. Uh, Great. Awesome. So you already answered a lot of this. I now know it was all connected virtually. But what was your COVID EP process like? Yeah. um, So I... Um, all of the songs were written during the quarantine, except for my song Haunted Heart, which was off of my first EP. Um, so the first song that I wrote uh, for the EP was actually the last track of the EP, uh, which is 26. swiped right so did I we would text from time to time maybe twice I came and spent the night um I wrote that song because um well I guess this goes to like the whole general idea of the EP um I wrote the song because um I think we were all spending a lot of time alone with our thoughts more so than we ever had maybe ever um been forced to just be alone with ourselves and so um 26 is about um someone who I wasn't super close with but did have kind of like a connection to um who died at the age of 26 um and I found out um literally like on my birthday last year and so 2019 um and it just felt like such a weird thing I, I didn't know how to deal with it because it was like you, you don't know how to you're never taught how to mourn people when you're not like you know super close with them you know it was just a very strange amount of distance to have from this death and obviously it was just objectively sad like this person died at 26 that's very sad no matter who it is um but I did also like kind of know him and we had a lot of mutual friends and like but at the same time, I didn't feel close enough, you know, to go to the funeral or anything like that. I mean, I only found out about it secondhand through Facebook and he and I weren't even Facebook friends. So it was like, it was just such a weird thing to process and I didn't know how to handle it. And I kind of just didn't let myself process it until I was forced to when we were in quarantine and there was nothing else to do but think. <laughs> so um, I finally let myself um, think about it. And I finally read his obituary and I finally went through like our old text messages. And then it turned out that we had actually like texted the day that he died. And that was really spooky, you know, and like it just it it made it like all the more just like, oh, God, this was a you know, this is a person that you knew who died. And how do we reconcile that? And so, oh, sorry. Um, I was like, I just kind of wrote down all the things about like, I guess our story arc, so to speak, of like how we knew each other. And I decided to write a song about it because I thought it might be cathartic. And it really was. Um, I hadn't let, I hadn't been able to like cry about it, uh, but I finally did after I wrote the song. And so once I did that, I was like, you know, I bet there's definitely other things that I've been avoiding uh, processing for a long time. Maybe I should kind of make myself do that um, and take advantage of all this like free time I have. And so I thought I would try to write an EP. And 
that's why it's called in slash process. I did the dash thing because it felt right in terms of like, cause some things are in process. Some things are just a process and some things are just kind of ongoing for some reason. It just felt right. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was the first song I wrote from it. And then the other songs uh, touch on things that either I have let trouble letting go of or um, I'm just like always thinking about like um, the song about oh, where did they go is about pet death. Um, I just I'm really bad of, about letting both like people and like animals go when they die. Like I will like dream about them being alive. It's really weird. Um, or like um my song Haunted Heart is about like a uh, kind of like dying friendship. And I'm just, I'm so bad at like letting those things go. Cause I'm like, friendship is supposed to be forever. What do you mean? You know? Um, and then like, where are you really from is about like my racial identity. Um, and that's a thing that like, I feel like I'm always having an evolving perspective on. Um, and so, and I'd wanted to write about it for a long time, but never really found the words. So I gave it a shot this time. In my sleep and you're smiling at me Just a tease but I keep looking back Till it fades and decays These ghosts are taunting me Cause they know Wow, well so it's just so incredible That you've taken all this time to discover things about yourself And actually had a creative product output of that That is just <laughs> such an incredible space That you've created for yourself in this time Would you say it's been a positive experience? I know it probably has been mixed emotion yeah, I mean, sometimes it was just like a lot, but it was definitely an overall positive experience. Um, I'd say like, for example, like 26 was definitely the most like emotionally draining song I've written before, but it was also like incredibly cathartic. Um, and that was actually, I don't know if this is interesting, but I think it's interesting. That was the only one where I recorded the vocals sitting down. Hmm. Um, I normally sing standing up because breast support and whatever, but yeah. it just felt right to sit it, sit down. I mean, it's not vocally difficult at all. So I don't know. I just wanted to just sit and just like sing it. I did it like right here or like two feet away, but yeah. Um, you know, so I'd say it's been like a positive experience experience and it's been it felt really good especially to write about things that I've been wanting to write about for a long time but haven't um yeah 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 absolutely no and it's always great to just have these particular experiences out here because I think many people can relate to them in our own ways I know I definitely can um so it's just really great to listen to that and also be inspired on my own to maybe <laughs> take some time and really look into what you can do with this space that we have this mental space and empty space. Well, amazing. So I do have a few questions about each of the songs on your, each of the tracks on your EP. Yeah. Each of the tracks on your EP. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so the first one on your EP is where are you really from? And you mentioned just now, and also on your social media, that this is one of the first times that you have spoken about your identity in this way through your music. Um, what kind of response to this song have you received so far in particular? And is there a reason why you've decided to speak about this topic now rather than earlier? Um, I've received a lot of like, I'll say, I, I don't know if it's just like mixed race people know each other, but I feel like I have a lot of mixed race friends. <laughs> and so they're all really into it because they all like 
100% understood, uh, you know, what I was getting at immediately. Like, where are you really from is a very, like, common, classic sort of microaggression that, like, any person who's, like, a little ambiguous or, like, a little not white at all um, will get. I feel like especially Asian women do, um, but I think all people of color probably get that. I'm an all mixed people. Um, so I feel like I've gotten a lot of, like, pretty positive feedback from it, especially from, this is not to say that I don't care about people's feedback, like on this song. Um, like, it's not to say that I don't care about like white people's feedback on the song, but I value the feedback of people who can directly relate to this message. And that's Absolutely. been overwhelmingly positive. And so that makes me feel really good. Cause my whole point of like the whole EP, but especially of like that song was like, I wanted people to feel like really like seen and heard. And cause I, I know that's such a common experience. Um, so it really meant a lot to me that like a lot of my, um, friends who've had those kind of interactions that I talk about in the song before, um, that they felt like super, you know, like they were seen and they felt like they could relate to it. Until she asked, she's like, you speak Chinese, right? I'm like, I'm Japanese and white, so no. She's like, oh, Incredible. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, so you also wrote in your social media that this tune has the right amount of hashtag sass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> while still getting at a very real issue that a lot of POC and mixed people experience. How do you decide what the right amount of sass and tone was that would be proper for this track? Um, yeah. So I guess to like go over the song, it's just like, I talk about like two incidents that are like based on real things that have happened, but also are like two of many, 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 you know? Um, and so I mean, I feel like by talking about like things that obviously did happen that already is like kind of keeping it real. Um, but then I think the the bridge is the sassiest part. Um, and the bridge is the sassiest, but also the most like keeping it real, <laughs> I guess. Because yep. um, in the bridge, I say um, to your average Joe exotic, I'm just like so exotic. That is silly, but I was kind of really proud of that line. Um, so, but you're, uh, so that's kind of sassy. But then right after that, I said, but your curiosity doesn't trump my humanity. And I did purposely say Trump. To your average drug exotic, I'm just like so exotic. But your curiosity doesn't trump my humanity. Oh, no. Wow. Whatever you want to think about that. Um, NEC doesn't have political views, but that is my, just adding that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and I say, uh, don't act like it's politeness. You're just gauging whiteness. If you really want to know me, know me first. Um, so that, I mean, I guess it feels sassy, but it's honestly just like, that's just getting directly to what they're actually doing is gauging whiteness. Um, so yeah, I think that, so yeah, it is kind of sassy, but it's also like, that's just how I feel. And I was just trying to, in the best way, spell out why, you know, those kind of questions are like not cool. Absolutely. No, that's incredible. Um, so just a final little thing to talk about for this one. Um, so I shared this song with one of my best friends who I met in undergrad. So she's half Indonesian and half, as she says, European white. Um, she told me that she struggled with the split identity label 
And so one day, another mixed-race individual told her to think of herself as two wholes rather than two halves. The half-and-half label made her feel like she didn't wholly belong to either culture. How does it feel to be described as half-and-half? I mean, I have kind of, like, yes. I mean, if someone asks me, like, they want to know my, like, background I mean I'm half white and half Japanese that's just what it is um but I I guess the way I feel is just like mixed like that is how I like to identify myself um because that's still to me you know one whole identity um but it implies that it is an identity made up of other identities and that's okay um because I think I mean think we all have aspects of our identity that are from other parts of our lives, right? It's just that it's not as common to have the different racial backgrounds you have be varied. So I prefer just to call myself mixed. Um, but that's not to say that I don't take pride in like being specifically like half Japanese because I also definitely identify as like an Asian woman. But um, I think if someone asked me like in one word how to describe what I am, I would say mixed. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, mm-hmm. Here's another question, actually, that she proposed. She was so excited to listen to this and had actually a whole page of questions. And I wish oh I could God. ask all of them. I love that. Um, she's a podcaster, so I am learning from her. <laughs> um, but she she asked, does saying I'm American require further explanation today? Um, I mean, I don't think it should uh, because American is a nationality. Um, so therefore, it does not have a race, right? If it's just a nationality. Um, I think that people's image of American or rather America's image of American is very specific and doesn't look like me. Um, (laughs) so, um, I mean, I guess if I were in another country, I would say I was American if they asked me where I was from. Um, but I don't know if that's necessarily how I primarily identify as a person because there's a lot about America that I really don't love not even beyond just like I don't love things that have happened recently but I mean there's a lot about it that isn't my favorite and I don't know I just mixed (laughs) that's what it is (laughs) I love that no absolutely I mean that question in of itself I think just exists to be a to be a question and also I mean it's a question that we all can ask ourselves um Mm -hmm. it's so difficult to really think about your own identity it's something that I didn't really think about much and I'm still (laughs) always considering um great okay so let's move on hey old friend was actually my personal favorite um I love love what you did with hey old friend um you described this in your social media as a love letter from your okay self to your not so okay self on your social media and that you wanted to sonically replicate that feeling of an anxiety attack or the feeling of being mentally overwhelmed through the sound production itself. And that musical unwinding bit definitely, I just was stopped in my tracks and I was listening to it. I was walking mm-hmm. around. I just could not keep walking um, probably because it also holds a personal connection with me. And I didn't even realize at the moment what you were trying to sonically replicate, but I think deep down, I emotionally completely understood. (laughs) Um, So how did you advise the production team in creating that sonic whirlwind? Yeah. So by production team, that is just literally Stuart. Uh, Shout out to Stuart. He also, he also played like multiple instruments on, pretty much every track. So shout out to him. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, He's amazing. And he's also a great singer. 
he's, he's like stupid, you know, one of those people, um, <laughs> he's just good at everything. <laughs> so yeah, I told him, I mean, I basically told him that, like, I was like, I want this part to kind of like descend into some chaos and like replicate what it's like to feel when you're like starting to get overwhelmed by things. Um, and there's just that like, you know, less and less clarity. Um, and when I had sent him like the initial demo of just me playing it, like piano and voice, um, so the, mo- the majority of the song is in four, right? And then that part goes into three. So then already you're like, that was like the first, like, oh, things are getting faster. Things are starting to feel closed in more. Um, and then the way I'd played it was like, I kept the bass line the same in my left hand. So it was just like D, F sharp, G, D, F sharp, G over and over. Um, but then each time, each measure, like it was less um, consonant or less... Um, diatonic and I would play more and more like uh dissonant notes wrong notes um until like nothing I did in the right hand made any sense basically sense in a harmonic way Um, so that was sort of how I represented that to him initially, but I told him like, you know, do whatever you want. And I also sent him a ton of takes of just like random, like improv, improv, improvisatory things, um, of like different like noises, uh, me singing, me improvising, um, sort of like partially sung, partially kind of like, um, just I don't know. I guess it's sort of singing. It just wasn't not singing in the traditional sense. Um, so I sent him like a ton of stuff to work with and then was like, do whatever you want with these. I just want it to sound like a panic attack. I love um, that. <laughs> and get it like scarier and scarier. Actually, there was a there was a playlist that I submitted it to and they were like, this is nice, but we think that one part at about a minute in is too disturbing for our listeners. And I was like, I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> but I want it to wanted that to be uncomfortable because it's uncomfortable yeah it's no easy listening nope (laughs) yeah um so that was kind of what I did and that definitely he like really really nailed my artistic vision on that one especially um I was so happy with that one I mean I was happy with all of them obviously but that one like was exactly what I had pictured so he did a great job on that yeah no it, it the vision is so clear it's incredible well I wish we could stay longer on that one but I'm just gonna keep going through yeah um so the Haunted Heart track. So that was, a, you re, redid it and you said that this is now the studio version. I'm wondering why you decided to choose this track out of all of your other wonderful tracks on your first EP to, re, to replicate basically in this new environment. Yeah, so it just felt like um, it felt like the theme of the song went really well with the other ones in that they were all kind of about things that I have trouble letting go of um, or that I'm always like working through and still like loss of friendship is something I don't really know how to reconcile. Like unless it was like a clean break and we had like a falling out and it's mutual. But if it's just a like, 
you slowly drift apart for maybe no reason or, you know, they're not as into it as me. Like, that's really sad. And I don't know. It's like somehow different than like a romantic breakup because those you're taught happen. You're not really taught that friendship breakups happen, but of course they happen. And so, um, and that song too, I felt like, um, it was a thing where I would like literally like dream that me and this person were still friends and I would like see them in my dreams. And then I'd wake up and be like, Oh, we're not friends. That kind of sucks. Um, so yeah, that it, it just felt like it would be the right, the right kind of vibe, but it, I had also been wanting to do like a more stripped down version of that song anyway. So I thought this would be a good opportunity uh, to do that. Absolutely. No, that's, that's incredible. Um, So obviously this has a very spooky vibe. I'm wondering why your tempo is relatively upbeat. It definitely still has the spooky vibe, but it's, it's slightly more up-tempo than some of your other tracks, which I found interesting. Yeah. Um, Honestly, it's just how it came out. Um, but I wanted, I mean, okay, the Haunted Heart, I guess, idea um, came to me because I felt like, I feel, I think of my heart as like a place where like anyone I've loved has plenty of room there and they can come and they can stay for however long. It doesn't matter. Um, but when I, when it was clear that we weren't friends anymore, but this person was still like taking up space there, I was like, I felt like I was being haunted by their presence almost. Um, and so then I was like, that's kind of a cool idea. (laughs) So then I wrote down like, um, some songwriters calling it like writing in the key of something. So I wrote like a bunch of brainstorming in the key of like spooky or haunted. And so I wrote down like all the words I can think of that related to like haunted houses, um, ghosts, et cetera. Um, and then from there I started brainstorming for, uh, the song. So that's kind of how that happened in terms of like the up tempo feel, um, it's honestly just kind of what happened. It's what felt right with the groove. I wish I had something more insightful to say about that. That, so incred- that is so incredibly valid. That is how creativity takes place. I mean, yeah, there's it's an just- amount of measurement and there's an amount of passion, right? And just, yeah. <laughs> well, that's incredible. Great. So where do they go? I had, I really didn't know actually what, what you were singing about until I, I, I read it up and it was just so interesting. Um, and just such a, such a great thing to sing about. No one, I've never heard a song or anything written about this. So it's just fantastic. <laughs> um, so what did make you go of kind of, would you call this a bossa style or would you call it quasi bossa? Um, yeah, I, okay. So the, um, the notes that I gave to the producer, to Stuart were like bossa and then you're outside, but it's weird. <laughs> Those were my like production notes, and I was like, "Perfect, this is help." Um, and like my original demo was just like me doing some mediocre bossa comping and like singing it. So I knew I wanted to be bossa feel from the whole time, but then I wanted him to add like some weird ambient stuff to kind of hint at like you know nature and animals and stuff. Um, but I wanted it to be quirky, just because like I don't know, it's about animals, so. Yeah. There. What is their reality? I don't know. I feel like it's a cooler reality or more fun reality or something. It's different than ours. Um, yeah. And that song. Yeah. Some people have like caught on like, oh, this is about pets. Some people haven't. And I'm kind of fine with that because it's like Absolutely. very specifically about like my like childhood dog and childhood cat who died. So like it's like my family her, her, knew immediately, obviously, but yeah, 
Um, and again, I've definitely had dreams where like my dead dog's alive and it's kind of weird. Yeah. Um, it's pretty weird. <laughs> um, yeah, I, Basa just kind of felt right because I think that you can with, I feel like Basa sometimes is able to tackle things that are harder to talk about or just kind of like really like pensive things that like, maybe you don't have an answer, but it's, mm. um, it's very thoughtful. Um, and so, yeah, Basa just kind of felt like the right thing to do. Yeah. Basa definitely feels like it kind of gives you improvisational space. Yeah. It feels like the rhythm section isn't hounding down on you. you know? Yeah. You have that space. I, I never thought of it that way. That that's really cool. Um, and it already, also, sorry, sorry. I just, it also just allowed me to do like weirder chord changes and it wouldn't be feel too out of genre either. Absolutely. Um, yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. And um, I just found it so interesting that throughout the song, you're questioning where your pets go went after, after they passed away, but it really seems like you've created the answer for yourself, right? Those notes that you, you gave your, your sound producer and, and everyone who created the sonic space together seemed, seemed like it was a representation of, of, of the reality of what you, what you believe. What do you think? Um, I mean, I guess it's maybe like an idealized version of, I just hope that like, I mean, personally, I don't really believe in much of an afterlife, but if there is one, I would like it to be with my dead dog. Absolutely. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to hang out with all everyone's pets. (laughs) Um, And I feel like it would just be, yeah, I guess I kind of viewed it as like outdoors and peaceful. It would just be like, I imagine it as like, my dog Sammy's just like paradise and that would just be like chilling in the backyard and watching the sunset um because that's what he did um (laughs) and I guess what's more undecided for me because like yeah yeah, you're right that is kind of an image that I created um more I I don't know what their relationship to death is I don't know how aware animals are of that they maybe they don't know but I I just wonder like do they make their peace and I guess the song was kind of me imagining them making their peace with the world. Cause like, you know, Sammy's in the grass, he's watching the sunset and he's saying goodbye to the earth and thanking it for its warmth. And then he barks at the deer knowing that he'll see them again. Um, and then the second verse, um, Toby was our cat. Um, and I say he's sitting on his throne watching his kingdom. That's literally just like the seat, the chair that he claimed. I feel like cats always claim a chair. <laughs> Yep. he had like this the one cat like, space is no one yeah. else's space yeah <laughs> like no one else really sat in it except for him <laughs> and so he 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 totally ruled the house like over like other dogs whatever like he he ruled it um and I kind of imagine him and his like little afterlife being able to like go outside and like chase mice and stuff but also just like chilling in his comfy chair um he bats at the dogs, but he doesn't hurt them because he knows um, he's going to see them again when it's their time to. Um, oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Since we've talked so many times about your dreams, I know this is kind of a weird dream, but is there is there ever a soundtrack to when you dream? Um, No, but I've definitely had instances where I wrote a song in my dream and then woke up and couldn't remember it. And then I was like upset. <laughs> I'm not a composer. That happened to you a flute. And it was the weirdest yeah. thing. I, I, I spent a whole morning trying to figure it out. And it felt like it was the most mysterious thing. That it yeah. 
Like yeah, that's totally happened to a lot of musicians and it's like the stupidest thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's better than like the stereotypical, I got to my rehearsal and forgot my music. So, <laughs> which we've all had, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> do you dream of sound though, in general? Do you hear people speaking to you in, in sound? I know that some members of my family actually dream without sound. Oh, no, I like, I mean, it's just like normal conversations or like weird conversations, but like, of course, <laughs> those, yeah. yeah. I found that the weirdest thing, apparently some people actually dream without sound entirely. Oh, no, I definitely have like conversations in my dreams. And then sometimes I say them and then I talk in my sleep. But yeah. oh, no, me too. And I have conversations <laughs> in like different languages sometimes. And I'm yeah. like, I don't know French that well. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> All right, awesome. So 26, which we opened this conversation talking about. Our acquaintances Or maybe just a story in passing Actually, what I really noticed about 26 um, was a connection between the song and Hey Old Friend. I I noticed that both of them had a, a stream of lyrics that were just you repeating, I'm sorry, again and again. Mm. Is this a phrase that you find yourself using throughout your daily life? Um, I mean, I think that people with anxiety and especially women say I'm sorry a lot. Um, Anxiety because you're like, sorry for taking up space and you're just like scared of messing anything up. So you just like, it's like almost like an impulse. Um, But in terms of like socialization, I think women just, say sorry a lot because we're but also because we're apologizing for taking up space to be honest um in terms of how I use it in hailed friend versus 26 those are actually very different I'm sorry as I guess uh right because hailed friend is that like anxiety I'm sorry because that happens like in the the section where um it's not the breakdown but um like your ears keep hearing loops and loops and loops and loops. I don't know if you noticed during that part, the loops like actually like travel, like the oh, way he pans it, yeah, it like travels so in the circle. Panning is incredible. Yeah, oh, I it love goes in a full circle. That's that's it. So like fantastic. you can like feel it going between. It's, yeah, because um, it's like loops and loops and loops. Because I feel like when you have an anxiety attack, you're just thinking you like fixate on certain thoughts, and it Absolutely. just keeps it going in loops and loops. And yep. then uh, outwardly, you're like, oh god, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, this is so embarrassing. Oh god, this is bad. Oh god, I, this is awful. So that's almost more of like an uh, like an impulse to say I'm sorry that you can't control. And you're not really apologizing. You're just like, oh God, I'm, I'm sorry. What did I do? Like, I'm sorry for being so like socially impolite or I'm sorry for being so weird. You know, like, I'm sorry for taking up space. Mm-hmm. Whereas in 26, it's a genuine apology um, and a genuine, I'm sorry that you're gone. Um, so the, I guess the first one is, um, so I talk about this person and our relationship and um how I didn't love him per se um but then I say although I didn't love you I'm sorry that it took so long to say that I'm sorry you're gone so not only am I deeply sorry that he's gone because that is just really tragic and so young to die um I'm also genuinely very sorry that it took me so long to really process it and um and I'm sorry that it took so long for me to say that I was sorry that makes sense. So it's kind of two different yeah, apologies. Yeah. 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 No. And it's great that you are taking up space now by saying mm-hmm. you're sorry and really making a statement by doing that. I, I think what you said really, really means a lot. Um, speaking about how people with anxiety and particularly women are 
feeling pressured also to like back down from their opinions. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so oftentimes it's not even just our, well, sometimes our own mental gymnastics and how to deal with this are a result of how we're treated in society and how we're asked to step down. We're asked to keep our thoughts to ourselves. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just think it's very, very poignant that you took up so much space with those words. It's kind of mm-hmm. like it's, you're flipping it on its head. Um, great. So what does this EP represent in relation to your other releases? So this EP, in my first EP, I which I released, oh God, what, 2018, I think it was? Um, I... F- felt like that one I didn't feel like I had a lot of creative control over the production that's what I'll say yeah um and so when the songs came out this was produced by someone else obviously um so it's wonderful everyone hires Stuart Mitchell okay (laughs) um in that case I didn't really feel like I had a lot of creative control over the production and that's also part of the reason why I wanted to redo Haunted Heart um was just because I wanted to redo something from that album so I felt like I had more control over it Um, Because generally, I realized that um, when I even was just listening to, like, the first, like, really rough mixes that Stuart put together for me for this new EP, um, I was getting pretty emotional, not just because, like, you know, these are my songs coming to life, obviously, but I, I realized there was so much of me in the songs um, in a way that there hadn't been in the first EP. And that's, like, well, first of all, there should be a lot of me in it because it's my songs. Yeah. Um, but that, so the, I think that's like really the main difference. Um, and also I think this one just had a better, um, in terms of my planning, a better like overall concept. I think it was more cohesive than the other one. But yeah, and I, I think that a lot of it was just like, I feel like I was a lot more involved in the creative process of producing it this time than last time. So um, it feels like there's a lot more of my voice. I mean, obviously, literally, but um, figuratively in there as well. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, absolutely. And I think that's really what makes Stuart such a great collaborator here is that he really listened to who you are as an artist and made sure that he brought those parts out. He's really wonderful. Um, like he really listens to me and like hears me out. Um, and he also produced my. I did a single with him called Bright Side, which came out like last year on Valentine's Day, um, and I was really happy with that. And so I wanted to do another thing with him, and I'll probably at some point in like the next year or so do an album with him. But more on oh, that later. To hear. But <laughs> um, that's at, right now. Those are just what's what's in my my head. So so awesome. Amazing. (laughs) Great. Um, So in the same vein, are you currently working on any other projects at NEC or otherwise? Yeah. I mean, at NEC, my ensemble concerts are kind of wrapped up. Um, Check the CI department concert if you want to hear me sing a song. Um, (laughs) (coughs) um, Otherwise, I mean, I'm not going to try to like jump into a new album immediately but um I definitely have plans for that like I already have started writing down um potential song lists for those um including you know a few songs that haven't been written yet but also there are plenty of songs I have that haven't been produced yet but that exist um but currently um, I'm actually in a 
vocal jazz group uh, that I formed with some fellow Berkeley alumni um, and Stuart's in it. He also does the production for us um, and he sings tenor in the group. We're called the New Standard Vocal Jazz, if you want to look us up. Um, And we um, released some music um, earlier this year and then we've been doing um, like zoom style videos you know the ones like everyone's heads are in different squares and stuff (laughs) um but yeah we're currently working on another video we're gonna release um at some point probably in the next month um but we at some point would like to like do more like official releases I guess um because we already have a couple singles and like an EP out so yeah the EP was actually called while we're apart because it was produced um recorded all remotely we were all in literally all in different states because it was it happened like right after the first lockdown. So, wow, yeah, you've been so busy. This is just so. <laughs> exciting. I think I like have to keep myself busy or else I'll just like explode. <laughs> I completely understand that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but still, like quarantine is nothing on you. That's great. Oh my gosh. Um, so you do have an event coming up on November 29th. I'd love to hear more about it, and I'm guessing everyone listening would as well. Yeah. Um, so that is, so I've been doing these, um, like monthly virtual live shows with this, um, I don't know if you call them like organization or company, whatever, uh, they're called Bonfire Live and they have basically, they formed, um, were founded at the beginning of the quarantine. So I think like in March or something or April, um, as a way for artists to still, uh, make money and be sort of gigging, um, which is cool. So, um, uh, after my first one, which I guess would have been in September, um, they really liked me and it went really well. So then they offered to do like monthly shows. And so, um, this is my third monthly show with them. Um, and the first two I spent basically like the whole, you know, all those were like pretty much all my music. Um, and like, especially the second one was like really, you know, talking about my EP and like talking about those songs a lot, uh, pretty in depth, um, since it was coming out soon. This next show that I have this month, I want to take a break from talking about, from singing only my songs. Cause I mean, I only have so many and I kind of <laughs> want to do something else for it's a change. And plus people have already been to shows. I want them to keep coming for new content. So, um, I've decided to kind of choose a theme for this one. So this one's going to be, I'm calling it a celebration of like women songwriters. So I'm just, I've been choosing some of my favorite female songwriters, uh, to cover and either just do it straight like they're the, they do or, or do like my own arrangement of their songs. Um, I'm also taking requests. I may or may not do them cause it's like pretty soon, but like if people request something and I'm like, Oh yeah, I, I do love that song. I should have chosen that. Then I will definitely add it. Um, but right now it's like a lot of, some of the people I have on there are like Regina Spector, Sarah Bareilles, uh, Solange Knowles, uh, Billie Eilish, um, Nora Jones, so those kind of people. Oh, I love, oh my gosh, love all of <laughs> That's so exciting. Oh, great. Um, well, yeah, thank you so much again for, for being here and taking the time to speak with me and speak with the community here. Um, it's just such an inspiration to to hear about someone who's so open of themselves and really takes the time to listen to yourself and then learn how to like articulate these thoughts in such a beautiful way. I just, 
it's just, I'm just in awe. Thank you so much again. And I'm so thrilled I got to listen to everything. And I'm very, very much looking forward to listening to everything else that is to come. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Do you have any closing thoughts? Um, Everyone go stream in slash process on all, it's on all streaming platforms. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My artist name is Sarah Bernadette. Please listen to it. I would appreciate it a lot. Um, no, I'm, I'm really happy that I could be here and thank you for taking the time to like really listen to it. Um, like listening to it thoughtfully in a way that you could ask like really good questions about it. I really appreciate that. And I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, happy to be here. Um, and I think it's so cool that, uh, the Nova fellows are doing a podcast. I think that's really neat. Yeah. Yeah. Just to plug the Nova fellows really quickly. We are doing this podcast (laughs) series. So Sarah is our wonderful guinea pig, but also just our beautiful first (laughs) displayed artist. So if anyone is interested in being featured in future podcasts, um, you can reach out by our website, which we are going to have on all of our social media platforms. We're the NEC Nova fellows. So if you look us up that way, we will come up. We are also going to be releasing some mixtapes. So every month we will have a different themed mixtape. So this month it's actually women in jazz. And in our coming months, there's just going to be some great, great themes coming out. And we are also open for requests for some future themes. We have a few lined up, but we're very open to hearing from the community about what kind of music we want to be hearing. So with these mixtapes, they'll be presented on BandLab and the artists will get to collaborate on which charity receives the donations from the mixtape. So you can find us- Yeah, absolutely. Great. Well, thank you so much again. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah. You can stream in slash process on all streaming platforms by the artist Sarah Bernadette.